Hello and welcome to the 121st Brian Hornback Experience. I've got another guest. As we've talked about, well, as I've talked about for, I don't know, the last few podcasts, the Knox County Republican Party has a reorganization coming up. It's going to be coming up this Saturday. This is actually being recorded on uh, the Wednesday before that. Uh, and so we have a, a, the uh, other candidate for uh, Knox County Chairman, Mr. Keith Lyon, uh, on. Keith, how are you tonight? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. So just to kind of introduce folks, I, I, I know kind of your bio, but uh, just kind of let folks know, you are a, you're a Knox County raised guy, right? You you're from here. You ain't from you ain't from. I'm I'm fixing the camera so people just saw my palm of my hand there just now. But anyway, uh, so where did I, I know you're from Knox County? But what part of Knox County uh, did you grow up in? Grew up in the Alice Bell community, and I still live there to this day. Oh wow, okay. Alice Bell's a a good little uh, good little community. It's. Uh, uh, I think Alice Bell officially is home to Valley View Baptist Church, right? Yes, sir. Yep. So uh, I've visited Valley View a few times uh, when they've had some, when they've had some, uh, when CT Townsend's been there, and um, and they've got a, they've, uh, they had, a, they had a good pastor there in, um, in Justin Pratt, and Justin moved on up a little bit, but um, they got another young guy over there now. So I catch their, thanks to COVID. Uh, all the churches started live streaming on Facebook, so I can I can watch a few of them from time to time. But um, so uh, growing up in Alice Bell, you then uh, I guess went to work for KPD shortly after high school, I guess, huh? Yes, sir. Um, I've got three other family members that are involved in law enforcement. Okay. My father was a KPD officer for thirty years. He retired in two thousand and four, and I had two cousins that worked for the sheriff's department. Okay. And uh, well, there was four of us in law enforcement in Knox County. Right, and, and one of those cousins was uh, was uh, former chief deputy um, for the sheriff's department, Keith Lyon, who got um, who got killed um, out on Shod Road. Right. That's right. Back right. in two thousand six. Right, and so um, and then his brother Bernie is, I guess, the chief deputy for Tom Spangler now. Yes. Sir. Yep. So um, did you? Uh, so you left KPD. I mean, I'm assuming you retired from KPD. You had like almost 30 years experience. I mean, you had almost 30 years there. Uh, and then uh, now, are you are you were working at the sheriff's department? Are you still there? No, I, I retired from there. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, um, working the streets and things like that, it catches up to you. Right. Um, I've had knee replacement, and um, I'm also I have hearing aids now, and um, course I, I tried to work myself back in the way because I, I always loved doing law enforcement and uh, just wanted to kind of restart a career over there but it just didn't work out right right well and you know I mean I've been uh, I've been in sales for 35 years um, and now I, I've made a career change just since October but I mean you know um, you can only be on the road and and uh, be on concrete floors so long until you decide that you know maybe maybe I Maybe I need to try something else, and if that doesn't work out, then you know, for me, I can always go back to grocery sales. But you know, um, it is what it, it is. What it is. But now, so last summer, uh, you had um, you had talked about, and I guess you had an exploratory committee. And I, I assume you still have an exploratory committee for uh, 
uh, to run for mayor. How's uh, how's that how's that coming? And uh, uh, I mean, I, there's nothing that keeps you from being uh, party chairman and county uh, and city mayor. So um, you still exploring that and um, and, um, and and thinking about that because it doesn't look like right now. Uh, I know Constance Every is going to run against um, against Mayor Kincannon, but right now I don't guess there's a Republican out there, right? Not that I've heard of. Um, I know a couple people are, are thinking about it, but uh, not at this time. Not, not, not that I've heard of anything officially. Right. So uh, January 3rd of 2023, right after the new year, you announced for, uh, for chairman, kind of talk about... Uh, you know what? What made you decide uh, at some point over the Christmas break, Thanksgiving break, uh, or New Year's? Kind of, kind of, what led you to decide that uh, leading the Knox County Republican Party was was something you wanted to pursue? Of course, given given our system of government, it's run by two party system, right? And this- the Democrat Party doesn't represent my values. Um, I'm, to sum up my political views, freedom breeds prosperity. And, and you can only find that in the Republican Party. Um, what I want to do, and of course part of this is seeing the bad effects of Democrat policies inside the city, is help other Republican candidates get into office and turn back that blue tide that's in the city. <laughs> And uh, I just want to be able to further the Republican Party and help them win elections. There's no reason why Knox County and Knoxville can't be a purely red county all the way across the board. Right. Well, and you know, um, I, I totally, I totally, I totally skipped over the fact that you were uh, FOP chairman from I think 2018 to 2021, um, and so you've you've got some experience running an organization, um, you know, and because um, I mean. I, just because you're a, a police officer, you don't. I, I guess you have to sign up to the FOP. It, it's not. It's not. You know, just because you're a police officer, you're not necessarily an FOP member. But kind of talk about that, and then um, the experience that the FOP um, uh, being involved in, particularly city elections, kind of what, uh, uh, kind of you know, how did that help make your decision uh, to be chair to run for chairman? The FOP does endorse candidates um, over the years in its history. It, it's gone back and forth for Democrats or Republican. Of course, lately it's been Republican, especially after the defund the police movement got a hold of the Democrat Party. Um, the, the organization is always going to back candidates that's going to look after their interests, anything, anywhere from paying benefits and also just the policy in general. Um, the endorsement process is basically they they come in for interviews and then the lodge itself and every member in the lodge elect elects to endorse or not to endorse a certain particular candidate. Right, because I, I I know uh, I guess in the last city elections y'all endorsed um, I think four of the um, four of the five that were running on the Republican slate, uh, and I'm sure I'm sure there was a reason that. Um, the other y'all didn't endorse the incumbent in that race. I'm sure there was a reason why uh, the lodge decided not to endorse um, that that fifth candidate. Um, but that's not a decision that the FOP chairman himself makes. I mean, I'm sure you have a vote, but 
you're saying that the entire lodge makes the makes the decision, the decision on who the endorsements are. Correct. They um, they have a on the on the election day. The the lodge is open practically all day for them to come in before the regular meeting mm. and vote. And it's a lodge decision. It's not the board's decision or even the president's. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I do agree with you that, that I think that particularly from, from the years I've been involved in, in the first, the first Republican convention, the first reorg I ever went to was back in 1982. And I think that one was actually in the, the main assembly room of city county building. I mean, the place was packed, um, when, um, only because of the, the tax sale that happened, um, Back in January, I, I found out that that room seats 600 people. But um, back in 82, you know, we had about 600 people show up in the main assembly room. Obviously, we've had reorganizations every two years since 1982. Um, and so, and, and then, of course, myself, having been chairman from 2005 to 2007, obviously, a lot of things have, have contributed to kind of the... Um, the lack of grassroots and, you know, just comparing, I looked yesterday, uh, the Facebook page for the Knox County Republican, um, party's got 703, um, as of yesterday, 703, um, uh, people have liked that page. The, the Democrats have 6,200 on the Instagram page. Um, the Knox County TN Republicans has like, 382 people and the Democrats have 1300. So how can Keith Lyon as the party chairman, how can you grow that grassroots movement? I mean, we got, I mean, I'm willing, Daniel Herrera has done a, a good job. I mean, I, I obviously I'm on the County executive committee. He's raised some money. He's brought some, some good profile folks. And so the next step is that we need to grow the grassroots uh, and so that means, you know, when we have a hot dog something, then, you know, we get a bunch of people there. Uh, and so um, what's your thoughts for how, how we can do that? I like what you said about the hot dog stuff because I'm all for social events. And that's a great way to start getting people out and getting to know them. And also use those opportunities to make sure people register to vote. Um, on the social media side, of course, naturally, you have to overcome the, the bias that's occurring in social media towards the Republican Party. You know, there's other apps out there that can that can do that, um, that we can also make use of, too. And um, also, too, grassroots organization, it's best to, especially because the goal is to win elections, is to organize, organize at, at the county district level and uh, where people are at because... That's where the elections are won in each district. And um, we can get people together, and we need to do it year-round instead of just that election time because if you wait till election time, you're already 50 yards behind the Democrats because they're working all year. And um, we just need to become a full-time party in that end instead of just part of the time party. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we've got... What do we got? We got we got about thirteen Republican clubs spread around the county, um, you know. And I, I think we got we got at least two women's clubs. We got a young Republican club. We got a college Republican. Sometimes, based on based on what's going on at UT, the college Republicans may have more or less. The young Republicans 
sometimes have more or less, uh, but we got at least two women's groups. We got about another 10 clubs out there. How do you see, do you, and, and I know that like the South Knox Republican Club quit meeting for about a year or so, but I, I think from what I understand, they've now merged with what was norm, what used to be the 8th District Club. Now they're the Three Rivers Republican Club, and they're meeting over there um, near the quarry um, at Thorn Grove Pike. I mean, how do you see how do you see engaging with those clubs? Because a lot of those clubs, um, I mean, I'm, I've been president of one for, for a number of years. A lot of those clubs, because they're not necessarily the Knotts County Republican Party is a is a is a is a is a a part of the Tennessee Republican Party. So Tennessee Republican Party is is the the tire. And the Knox County Republican Party is one of 95 spokes in the wheel that is the Tennessee Republican Party. So do you envision being chairman a way to get those clubs to become um, spokes in the wheel, so to speak? And I've come up with this just off the top of my head. But anyway, um, or do you envision doing something totally different and just letting the clubs continue to exist? Because the club that I've been president of we, we can't meet in, in November and December because we meet on, on the fourth Thursday of every month, and that happens to be Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's why we don't meet in, in, in November and December. But, but, so we're meeting 10 months out of the year, but do you envision uh, taking those clubs and, and, and trying to get them plugged in to the wheel or, or maybe just re-envisioning to where we go from 13 to 20 clubs. I mean, is the, is there an oversaturation of clubs? I guess I'll say. I, w I wouldn't say so, but I think there's a, there's got to be a way to bring them together and network them. And of course, the communication, the communication technology that's out today, we can do that. We can keep communication over even with just simple email, if not through, you know, messaging sites through, through social media. Um, I don't ever want to say I want to contract clubs because most people aren't working an eight to five schedule anymore, and um, people need some place to go. And if this if they can't go on this night, well, maybe this club over here can go. And um, of course, naturally, everybody. Of course, most people fall in line with that Republican Party, but then they also have these single issues that they're most passionate about. Like, say, for instance, the Tennessee Firearms Association, and that's basically what they meet on. And the, I think the best way for the Republican Party is just to use these clubs to their benefit and help, you know, especially organize with the districts and stuff like that. Not every club is going to be able to do the same amount of work. Um, say, for instance, if you've got a certain club that's mostly senior citizens, sure, they'll they may be able to volunteer to work the polls while the younger ones may be able to go do door knocking, that kind of thing. Right. Well, and you, you know, know it's, it's just a matter of bringing people together. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, we sorry, don't, go Oh, you're good. And you know, we don't, we don't currently have a um, Tennessee uh, Republican, uh, a Tennessee Federated Republican women club. Uh, our volunteer Republican women, which used to meet during or do meet, uh, for lunch, they started out as a federated club, but they decided that um, 
they wanted to be more of a lunch, a social type thing. Uh, and then we had another women's club that um, meets in the evenings that they started that way, but then they, they've decided to go a different direction. Uh, but, you know, just taking that, that federated uh, club, to, for instance, nationally, uh, they've made over uh, uh, nearly uh, uh, over 7 million phone calls. So I think there's ways that we can um, utilize young people and utilize seniors to help. Maybe we're not, um, I mean, obviously we can call, but I mean, there's also ways to utilize texting and those other things. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's a good avenue uh, for whoever the next chairman uh, happens to be to, to utilize those clubs. I know that the club that I've been president of for some time, I mean, we don't have a large treasury, say, like the Halls Republican Club. Halls Republican Club can donate, can donate well, because one, they're set up, that club's set up as a pack. So they're able to actually write checks to, to Republican candidates. And after the primary, they normally contribute to every Republican candidate. Um, whereas my club, the Center City Conservatives um, Republican Club, we will contribute to candidates that are, well, for instance, we, we contributed uh, some money to Kim's, uh, Kim Smith that ran for city council because Kim had been involved in our club because Kim had been an officer in our club. And so, you know, these clubs, many of them um, have money. Uh, West Knox has quite a bit of money. Uh, so there are ways that they can help monetarily but I think there's ways that the clubs aren't being utilized that a chairman, if he approached those clubs, could get them uh, moving in that direction. So that's my thought for whatever it's worth. Um, right. And, and, and that's what I was trying to say. Each club has a different strength that ought to be utilized by the party to further their candidates. Right. Uh, well, so the convention is Saturday. Um, you... Um, I guess you're ready for you're ready for for all the traveling all over the county to be over. Um, I'm I'm assuming that that you've been a, a precinct member at the Alice Bell Precinct and you've attended conventions in the past, have you? No, um, of course. While being a police officer, as a, my schedule then, and right. also for a long stretch, um, I had to work a straight shift in the evenings. Oh yeah. My youngest son has cerebral palsy and epilepsy, mm. and childcare is a was a big issue back right. then. And um, most of my nights and evenings were pretty well tied up. Okay, yeah, I understand. Well, and and I mean, I've been there too. You know, we've got um, my wife and I. Uh, next month will be married thirty five years, and we've raised we've raised three. But uh, go ahead. Uh, but before we get off here, um, go ahead. I, I didn't even acknowledge your family uh, situation, so go ahead and talk about. Um, how long you and your wife have been married, and and uh, just uh, mention uh, how many kids you have and, and what their ages are. My wife's name is Amy, and she we've been married since nineteen ninety five. Cool. And uh, we have two boys. One, my oldest son is Alex Lyon. He's twenty five, and hopefully he's going to finish his final year at UT. He um, he got set back due to a work injury. Sure. But um, and my youngest son Jake. In fact, a lot of people know our family just by him. He's um, 
he's 22 now. He's he was born with cerebral palsy and epilepsy. Okay. And, uh, and, and if, I, if if you got him in it, I'd yeah. like to story about him. Sure. You know, he's proof that miracles happen. Right. Um, his first year of life, he was, you know, he had seizure after seizure after seizure, and medicine didn't work. And then, you know, we he had major brain surgery at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio, and um. Of course, the goal of surgery is only to reduce the seizures by 50%, mm. but he had one when he was three, and they think he had one in 2021, but get, but judging by, by what everybody's saying, I think he just passed out due to the heat, mm. and um, speech therapy was no good. You know, he'd went from speech therapy from age three to age seven, and when I say miracles, here's what happened. He learned to speak by mimicking the pastor in church. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, just prove God works. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, again, good uh, good luck to you. Um, no matter who the chairman is, um, based on the fact that um, a majority of the Republicans in state Senate District Six voted uh, back in August, I'm I'm on the county executive committee, so uh, I get to work with whichever one of y'all is either fortunate or unfortunate to become the next chairman. So uh, you know <laughs> the. the 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 good the good news is um you know we we've got to continue we got to continue keeping the Tennessee Republican Party and the Nascan Republican Party moving in the same direction uh, and we can't we can't um, we can't deviate from that because um, next year we've got a obviously this year we've got um, the um, city council the city uh, council and mayor's race but then as we as soon as that's over you know we're gonna be we're gonna be by the time we get to November with the city general election, we're going to be knee deep in uh, presidential politics because we got Super Tuesday coming up, and I haven't even looked up to see if if the dates have been set yet. But it's always in February or March. Uh, and uh, since 2016, fun, funny story, and then I'll let you go. Funny story is that I always kind of pick my presidential candidates about a year out, and those of you that are listening or watching. The Brian Hornback Experience, episode 122. Don't ask me right now because I don't know. But normally, by about this time, I figured out what candidate on the national stage I want to support. Only until 2016 had the guy that I picked a year or so in advance before they even announced they were going to run for president. He actually made it to the Tennessee Super Primary, the Super Tuesday Primary. Now, it was Marco Rubio, the Florida senator, and he visited here on, I, I think I'm right about this, because I believe Super Tuesday in 16 was on March the 1st. So he actually was here on Leap Year, which was February 29th. But anyway, he was at the airport, huge crowd. Uh, and I, when I did get a chance to talk to him and get my picture made with him, I told him, I've been doing this since I was since I was 16 years old in 1982. You're the first guy that I ever picked early that made it to Tennessee. So I'm fully convinced that we're going to have a crowded field next year, and I'm fully convinced that all the candidates that are that are going to make it in the top three or four are going to make it to Tennessee. Now Nikki Haley's already announced. Um, we suspect that the Florida governor is going to announce. We suspect the the Former president's going to announce. We suspect Pompeo's going to announce. 
We suspect the former vice president's going to announce, but um, until those announcements are in there, then then we don't know. And and to be honest, I, things were crazy last year with the county elections uh, and the state elections, and then um, we got um, this year's a little bit off because I don't live in the city, so you know I just cover it as a as a blogger and a podcaster, but. Um, we'll see uh, how everything shakes out next year. But next year, countywide, we got property assessor, we got law director, we got about seven, I think, county commission races, and we'll have about four county uh, and county school board races. I think. I think that's all there are. But anyway, that gives us a good idea of what next year is going to be like. So. Uh, if you're chairman, then uh, you'll have a lot of work to do in preparation for next year and next year. So, uh, Keith, I appreciate you being on here. Go ahead and give a final, uh, um, you know, all ask all the delegates to get out on on uh, Saturday and vote for you, and uh, then I'll let you go, brother. So go ahead and have the last word. All right, come on out to the Republican convention on February 18th, and as a candidate for Republican chairman, I do ask for your vote. Thanks for having me. All right. Sounds great, Keith. We'll talk to you Saturday. All right. Have a good day. You too, bud. Bye.